Welcome to the Wolf Sports Show. Super Bowl 56 is this Sunday. Let me start by saying that the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. 100%. So we will not have a Super Bowl recap episode. You're all going to watch the game. I don't think you need me to recap it. That means this is the final episode of the season. And I wanted to thank you all for listening throughout the year. We'll get to the game, of course, but first we'll touch on some of the big stories around the NFL aside from the Super Bowl. All nine head coach openings have been filled. It took a while this year. It went lengthy process compared to previous seasons. I don't know why that happened, but all the teams made their hires. I really like the Jaguars bringing in Doug Peterson, who I think should be good for Trevor Lawrence. He has a Super Bowl ring, so that'll have him... He has a Super Bowl ring, so that'll give him some sway in the locker room immediately. I don't like that Trent Baalke is still there, but we'll see how that goes. There's been talk that the Jags will bring someone in above Baalke, maybe former Vikings GM Rick Spielman, which I think would be a great move. The Texans went with Lovey Smith, which was a shocker considering it seemed to happen so late in the process. That said, while I don't think David Culley should have been fired after one season, I do kind of like this hire. Lovey Smith took the Bears to the Super Bowl and had a strong tenure there. Even with two down seasons with Tampa Bay, Smith has an above 500 record as a head coach and a 3-3 three and three postseason record. This is now Smith's third shot as a head coach. I think the Texans pretty much chickened out of hiring Josh McCown, who felt like a potential favorite. McCown doesn't have much experience at all with just playing in the league recently. It seems they were poised to hire him. That was the feeling. And with everything that's going on, I think they ultimately just didn't want to deal with the controversy of hiring him. And Brian Flores' lawyers now say that the only reason Flores didn't get the Houston job is because of his lawsuit against the NFL. He might be right about that, but I don't know if that needed to be stated. And I think that's unfair to Lovey Smith. And if that was the case, then maybe he shouldn't have filed the lawsuit or waited until he got the Houston job and then filed the lawsuit after against the Giants, Broncos, Dolphins, and the league if he wanted to still do that. And as for the Flores lawsuit, he made some serious allegations, including that Denver Brass, among them Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, pretty much came to his interview hungover. Elway strongly denied this. It seems Flores is mostly mad because he really wanted the Giants job. He's from around the area of Brooklyn. It went to Brian Dayball, which was basically a lot to happen when former Bills executive Joe Shane got the GM job there. So I don't think it was a race thing at all for the Giants. More of a nepotism type of thing, if anything. Just people knowing each other, I can relate and know that can be extremely frustrating. So that's likely part of where Flores is coming from, I would think. Overall, while it might be tough for Flores to get another head coach job after this, I think a big payout from the lawsuit could be headed his way down the line. For more controversy the NFL is dealing with, Deflategate 
has been back in the news. Uh, I talked about it last week very briefly during the Tom Brady retirement episode. Pro Football Talk reports that the league essentially deleted their data on PSI, air pressure in the football, that they were taking in an apparent attempt to prove that Tom Brady and the Patriots were cheating. Obviously, they didn't like what the data found, which you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that a football will naturally deflate in colder temperatures, as it did in the case of Brady and the Pats. So obviously, the NFL's recorded data showed that the air pressure was dropping, which essentially proves that Brady didn't cheat. Football is just deflate when the weather gets colder. Now Goodell says he doesn't know where the data went for that. I don't understand how that can be the case. Deflategate was one of the big reasons Wolf Sports was started. It was a total disgrace how unfairly the media covered it. Anyone that independently looked into the situation with an unbiased outlook knows it was a sham. I think maybe people in the media were jealous of Brady and the Pats for all their success. And what the NFL did to Tom Brady was an even bigger disgrace. They should issue a huge apology to Brady, but we know that won't happen. Pretty much drug his name through the mud and suspended him four games for no reason. They should also give the Patriots an extra first and fourth round picks and their fines back. Their punishment from Deflategate. So those are three of the biggest stories. The head coaching hirings being filled, the Brian Flores lawsuit, and now the Deflategate stuff. All right, now to Super Bowl 56. Plenty of coverage on wolfsports.com, including the against the spread pick. We're at around 64% over the previous nine weeks leading up to the final game. This was the most unpredictable season I can remember due to all the parity, but I did not expect to see the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl at the start of the postseason. I thought Matthew Stafford had to get hot for LA to get there, but he really hasn't had to, especially with the defense coming through in the NFC title game. And if all goes well for the Rams, Stafford won't need to put too much on his shoulders against Cincinnati. Look for Sean McVay to try to get Cam Akers and Sony Michelle going on the ground after the Chiefs went away from the run game during the AFC Championship. Cooper Cup has been unguardable. Odell Beckham Jr. has looked fantastic. The big thing for Stafford is to just avoid mistakes, and we'll see if he can do that. For the Bengals, I talked about it at the beginning of the playoffs. They're as confident as any team was in the postseason, and it paid off with the Super Bowl berth. Joe Burrow is a big part of that, and I don't anticipate any jitters from him on Sunday. Two of the key matchups are Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase and the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line. Ramsey has said he wants to shadow Chase, but even as a rookie, Chase is very difficult to guard one-on-one. I wouldn't be shocked if Chase has a good outing against the All-Pro corner, including maybe a shot down the field or two. Burrow also has T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who are both very reliable and might have an advantage against the non-Ramsey secondary members for the Rams. And don't sleep on Joe Mixon, who is a superstar-level running back, making some game-breaking plays out of the backfield. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and the Rams' pass rush have an obvious advantage on paper against the Bengals. Von Miller has the championship on his resume, Super Bowl MVP. He can rally the guys. Donald has experience in the big game from a few years ago against the Patriots. But Cincinnati has heard all the talk, and leader Quentin Spain and the unit should be extra focused and motivated to protect their quarterback. 
they might do a better job of holding up than expected, but we'll see. On the other side for the Bengals defense, I'm looking for Jesse Bates and Von Bell to be huge on the back end. Stafford typically makes risky throws every game, and Bates and Bell should have a chance to make him pay and create turnovers. Nickelback Mike Hilton is one of the best in the league at his position. An excellent pickup for the Bengals this offseason, and he should see a lot of Cooper Cup inside. And Hilton is also an exceptional blitzer off the edge. Very timely with it, and he can make plays there. In the end, though, the Bengals will have to get pressure on Stafford with their front four. So Trey Hendrickson and company will need to get home and play the way they did at the end of the second half in the win over the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. With all the talk about the Rams' defense, don't be shocked if the Bengals' defense is playing with the chip on the shoulder. And as always, a non-offensive touchdown could be massive if one of the teams can get one. For the predictions people have sent in, the underdog Bengals are getting picked more than the Rams. And it seems that most people certainly want the Bengals to win. So that could be a factor there in the picks. For me, I think there's a chance to blow out in favor of the Rams if the pass rush can totally dominate like they did on the final drive against the 49ers. However, I believe and hope it will be a close game. And if that is the case, I actually trust Joe Burrow more than I do Matthew Stafford, despite Burrow being in his second season in the NFL with not much experience. He was injured last season coming off the ACL. My pick is the Bengals win. I'll say 30-27. to 27. Cincinnati gets its first Super Bowl. So that'll just about do it for this episode and for the season. A quick final episode. I think if you're listening, you've watched these teams enough. We know the players. We know the matchups, similar offenses. Now it's about the players executing and seeing who can come away with the championship. Thanks for listening to the Wolf Sports Show all year, and enjoy Super Bowl Sunday.